Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Theory of Conspiracy, where we talk about conspiracies, cryptids, and all that other fun stuff that you can find on the internet. My name is Michael. I'm joined, as always, with Roll. And today we have something special for you. We have a special guest, Rod Nichols from Bear County uh, Bigfoot. And uh, we are going to be talking to him about uh, some really cool Bigfoot stuff. So, uh, Rod, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Rondo, Rolando, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm actually looking forward to this. Uh, we've we've been doing the political conspiracies for a while. We've been doing some of the weird stuff, but now we get into some cryptid action. So I'm very excited by this one. So I'm excited as well. I, I can't wait for this. This is uh, a, a first time for us here, and we're going to get more into this stuff. And, and uh, I, I actually enjoy this stuff a lot more than the, the political stuff. But we have to cover everything being the theory of conspiracy. So, Rod, tell us a little bit about, you know, Bear County Bigfoot and what what it's about and how it started and, and about yourself. Yeah. So um, in relation to uh, field research, I got into it by accident. I didn't really um, intend to, to, to start uh, being a field researcher. It just happened. I was uh, on disability from uh, from work and I was laid out for a good while and um, had an injury and was you know by myself and at home and so I started binge watching um, some Bigfoot stuff because that was from from an, from an early age from being a kid. You know, I was that kid at the book fair that bought the Loch Ness monster, the Bigfoot books. I was always into that stuff. You're, you're and, in good company. We were, yeah, I was going to say that we're, we're we're those same kids in the library in yeah. the New Age section getting the yep. conspiracy alien books, Bigfoot. Yeah, Loch Ness. Yep. Yep. I would hound my mother for, for money so I can buy this stuff. And she'd be like, you're wasting your money and all this, you know, everything. But, um, you know, and that, that's kind of where it started. And, you know, uh, used to watch uh, In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy as a kid. And that was a huge thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think I always was a believer and I knew that there was something else out there. I mean, there was there was no way that we have this huge, huge continent uh, and, and you know, we know every inch of it. I think that's that's just preposterous to think that. So. Uh, yeah, so we, you know, we, I, I just started as, as a child and then, you know, fast forward to adulthood and I'm, you know, in on disability and I'm just hanging out by myself and I started binge watching these videos uh, on YouTube and there was a, a channel and I think it was the Utah Sasquatch, I think is the name that, what was the name of that channel is no longer around, but um, it was a, a gentleman uh, by the name of Nathan Rio who started, um, started uh, documenting wood structures and talking about his encounters in Utah. And he was very strategic about how he uh, mapped it out, where he would find these things. And, um, you know, it was just really interesting. So I, I kept on watching, kept on watching. And as I kept on watching, I came to the end of all of his videos. And I was like, man, that's it. But the last video was uh, him telling his, his, uh, his subscribers, hey, look, if you think I'm making this up or I'm doing this on my own or, you know, if you think this is a hoax, I'm going to give you the tools to um, uh, to go out and find wood structures because, you know, he attributed these as uh, alleged Sasquatch activity. And come to find out, a lot of different uh, uh, eyewitness encounters and things like that have uh, had wood structures in them before they had the encounter, which was very interesting to me. But that's you know an, another another uh, part of it. But um, he he had a uh, he had a video where uh, he said, "Hey, this is the, these are the tools I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out for you. This is how I do it. You go out and use what I've shown you 
and and see what you find. So the next day I, I got up bright and early. I was like, I'm going to do this. Like we're going to go and check this out. So the same day I went out to look for a wood structure. I found one um, using uh, what the, the tools that were laid out for me. And Really? It, uh, in Bear County? Yeah, in Bear County. Where, so, where was that first one that you found? Where, where uh, Like in what area? So I, I don't like to give up a lot of the areas. No, uh, I, I understand. You'll, you'll find that with a lot of uh, researchers. And, and, and I'll tell you a bit why. Because a lot of these places that we are finding this uh, alleged evidence is, are, are in uh, wilderness parks that are open to the public. Now, you know, if I were to just you know, blurt out all the names, you know, that, that may cause a little something uh, for myself and, and also for, you know, other people that may, you know. It might interfere with your research and whatnot. It, you know, and, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not telling you like I'm closed off. I mean, there, there's going to be a point where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up all this data because uh, I'm, I'm looking at trying to do a documentary hopefully soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, using creeks and greenways is what I, what I utilize. Now, the creeks and greenways, greenways that I use have to support big game. And the big game that we have here are white-tailed deer. Uh, we have to have a water source within at least uh, three or four miles of of that of uh, said uh, greenway and uh, creek, and uh, so and and the and the creeks and greenways have to make sense. And, and what I mean by that is that there has to be passage in and out of the city. Okay, so if we're talking about a greenway that goes in and out, uh, we've got a major loop that's called sixteen oh four. We all know that, right? So if we're talking about something that goes outside Loop 6 and 4, now we're talking about going possibly into a different county or, or headed towards a different county or opening up into a bigger, vast, vast area where, hey, if I don't want you to see me, I can just hightail it up there and I'm gone. You'll never find me. But the fact is these creeks and greenways go in and out of the city. So what I found was that there was a water source where I was at. It was very big water source. There's lots of white-tailed deer. Uh, of, of where I was utilizing, where I was um, uh, doing my research on one of these creek greenways. And um, so I felt like I had a recipe for a possible, uh, not, not necessarily a, a Sasquatch encounter, but uh, find alleged evidence, trace evidence is what I like to call it. Um, and that's a term that a lot of other researchers use as well. So the, when I went and I, I utilized what uh, Mr. Nathan was, was showing us, um, utilizing creek greenways, uh, the food source and water source. I just was diligent in just looking at every kind of nook and cranny. I went in the spots where people don't go. It was it wasn't something that was right on the beaten path. It was off the beaten path. So I went, lo and behold, right off one of these creek greenways and one of these parks. I found a very prominent wood structure with bigger so, pieces. So when when you're doing this, you're you're watching these videos, right? And then you you go out and first. It was first day or first couple of days that you did first, first day. Yeah. First day. Next, next day. How, man, how, how, did, how did that make you feel? How did that, how did like, what did that, did that kind of cement your now role as, as someone that is, uh, I wouldn't, you know, that, that is like a, a big foot or you confirm know, your beliefs that you, you, were, your you were onto something, you know, it, it uh, so here's, here's what I have to do. Uh, there's a huge part of me as, as a kid, the inner child inside of me that is just screaming going you did it you did it you found something right and you know i have to back it up a little bit and and use some critical thinking i i, I try to debunk myself and i have to do that because you know i'm not going to rule out that there are some people that can put these little things together or whatever right or well so what i have to look at are are the pieces cut are they ripped out what size and diameter how long 
Uh, how are they being used? Does it make sense for this to be used for a human? Was there uh, uh, trash around it? Was there water bottles, cigarette butts? You know, people like to throw out the homeless uh, person theory. Oh, that's homeless people. Well, okay. So if we're talking about a homeless person building a teepee structure that really has no coverage for rain or light, then, then what good is it? Then why? Why? And, and more notably, why would a human try and pick up a, a 10 inch in diameter uh, tree that's about 15 foot tall and fashion it in such a way that it makes a, a lean structure or a uh, or a teepee structure, right? Uh, you would have you're talking about something that's incredibly strong, or a team of people that are running around doing this, and for what? Just to just a hoax. So I, so I have to really look at it in different perspectives, you know. So there have been some where I've seen kids um, playing in them because I've I've found a, a wood structure that was right by a a, a playground and. And I saw these kids playing in it and I said, Hey man, that's kind of cool. Did you guys build that? They're like, no, it's been here and we just play in it. And, you know, so there's little kids that'll put their, their touch on it, you know, put little sticks and things like that. But, you know, sometimes I, I think that the origin of some of these things may not be human. Uh, but then again, I, you know, I can't really confirm that uh, it definitively, you know, so. Uh, I what, is your, what is your theory with uh, what, why the Sasquatch would, would be using these structures or build? Well, be well before, before we get into that, Mike, I was going to ask, uh, I, I, I'm aware of wood structures. I think Mike is as well. And we've seen even on your Instagram, but can you maybe describe for anyone who's just listening what those wood structures mm-hmm. sort of physically look like? So there's there's different types, um, and in every every field research, researcher has put their own little uh, name on it, right? So TP structure uh, would be something of of like almost like an A-frame in a way, uh, but there's 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 pieces all the way around to make a TP, right? A-frame would be uh, just like this with passage in and out, just like that, right? Uh, you've got what you call your wigwam, where it's de- where it's like a, a rounded top where it is uh, definitely covered by a bunch of different branches. It may be, may, it's kind of rounded, right? And then you've got your lean structures where the wood, the pieces of wood are, are leaned up against uh, a tree uh, or, or some type of um, other, other uh, type of, uh, uh, I guess, how would I say? It's just leaned up, right? So these are all pieces of wood that are leaned up. So those are the types that I, that I find. Yeah. So something that, so from the looks of it, something, someone or something that's incredibly strong that's taking these trees, these branches, and and really yanking them almost uh, to form yeah. a structure. Now, is there I, I like on on our show here? We like to we'll sometimes talk about the mainstream theory of something. We'll some talk about the the alternate theory of it, and then get wild from there. But is there a scientific? I guess consensus on you know if we're just saying that these are bigfoot structures, is there a science saying no? These are natural forming, or these are you said homeless people. Is there any sort of sure. consensus on what they're trying to say is the mainstream normal idea of those? Uh, or is it just not really talked about? It's not really talked about. You know, I get I get a lot of people throwing the homeless thing, Boy Scouts, Bushcraft, all of those things. Well, you know, here's the thing. I've been documenting my areas uh, diligently and consistently for over five years. Okay, I'm talking about morning, noon, and towards the evening. Okay, I would have surely run into somebody by now that was putting these things together or run into somebody that's in my area. I haven't, I've yet to see anybody do any of this stuff. So, and we're talking over five years. I would have, if this was people, I would have run into somebody. Can I ask you a question with, with that? If when, when you're, when you're finding these structures, have you been in areas where they weren't pre-existing and then you show up maybe like a week later or something like that and are there or any, anything of that sort where, 
you're you're in a spot it's not there mm-hmm. and then and then you know maybe a month later let's say or two months later you come back to that spot and there's there's a structure has anything like that have ever happened you know what yeah that that has happened but 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 the geographical area makes sense there is on this particular area there is a river that runs through it so there's a water source uh there is plenty of whitetail and then uh there is a huge uh cattle ranch that's close by to it so you know if if there was the food source the best food source you could have there it is so it, it made sense and then that that river you could take up in and out uh into uh, thicker areas or into sure. urban areas so gotcha. yeah, that that has happened at least once or twice. Where gotcha. Seen. That's amazing. So to circle back to my question, what do you think these structures are are used for? Uh, if if your theory is that the Sasquatch are using them, what what do you what do you what is your theory for what they're used for? So my you you want my honest opinion on this? Uh, yeah. I I believe, and this is again, this is just me thinking thinking out loud here. I believe that some of these are utilized for the little ones. And so, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a whole rundown on that. So, okay. Okay. So we've got the greenway that goes in and out of the city. We've got yeah. safe passage. We've got, we've got the food source. We've got the water source. Correct. So if we're talking about a, a group of Sasquatch coming through, uh, they have little ones, they have, they, they run in, they run in packs, they run in troops or whatever you want to call it. Right. You got mom, dad, you got the alpha male, you've got, you know, the female, all that stuff. Right. So if we're talking about them running in and out, Maybe they take the little one, put them inside these wood structures that they've built, keep them safe and keep them concealed, go out, do their hunt, get their kill, come back, pick up the little one, and then head back out. And that's what I think some of these are being utilized. Now, some of these I do feel might be markers or territory markers for, for guidance. Uh, some of them I think might be, uh, like I said, territory markers where it's like, hey, this is our area. Now, again, I can't prove any of this stuff, but it's just just looking at how some of this stuff are, 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 are put together. You know, some of it could be a wood structure where you can see, you, you know, you could put somebody inside of it or, you know, it, it's got coverage, things like that. And some of them are just like they look like little symbols, like there's trees bent and crossed and intertwined, you know, together. And you're like, what? That doesn't happen naturally. What is it for? So I can only uh, assume that it, it probably is some type of a marker. Now, now, have you found like any other evidence? Like I know, um, you, you know, in my research and stuff like that, like uh, stone piles, stuff like that, uh, yeah. around those areas or anything like that. Have has there ever been any fresh? You know, I guess you said you're saying white tail. Like are there, you ever find like white tail uh, carcasses or anything yeah. near it or anything like that? Absolutely. Any of that stuff? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good question. Um, so in my earlier uh, time in in in, in field research, uh, I had a, uh, a a wildlife biologist that took notice in what I was doing. He's a believer as well, and um, he approached me along with a, another gentleman who became my, my good friend, who was uh, a part of another uh, research organization that is no longer around. Uh, so we're talking about well tenured uh, guys that have been in the field for a while, and they said, hey. We see what you're doing. We, this is pretty interesting. You mind if you can? I mean, would you be able to kind of just show us, you know, uh, you know where where you find this stuff? And I was really kind of hesitant, and I kind of looked and you know did some research on these guys, and like, okay, these are legit guys. So I brought them with me, a, a full-on wildlife biologist, and I showed him a deer carcass uh, that had been split in half. Now the back of of this doe was 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 physically uh, broken in half. Uh, she was literally in half okay part of her right here part of her right here uh the 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 head was pulled off her neck 
and her head was pulled apart. So bottom jaw was three feet over here. A top jaw, uh, top jaw was, you know, three feet over here. Legs are pulled off and spread about. And I found it very interesting. So I took him over there first just to kind of see if he can make heads or tails of it. And he actually put the uh, the skeletal remains together. And he said, uh, he said, hey, look, look, when I put this together, the, the backbone uh, bowed down like this, meaning something with great force broke broke this back and broke her right in half. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And he put it together. And for sure enough, you could see it like this. And I thought, well, I thought, I said, hey, man, it's like homeless people. And he, he laughed and he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, this has to be one badass homeless person to run down a doe and break her in half. Like, I'm like, well, yeah, he's like something, something broke her right in half, man. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. So that really, I mean, did it confirm exactly what I was believing? Maybe uh, kind of and, and, you know, yes and no, because I still have to remain skeptical even with my own uh, trace evidence that I find, but it was really crazy. It was really interesting how he put it together. And then I showed him some other wood structures that just, I feel like just kind of blew his mind because I was looking at his facial features as he was going into these things. And some of them, you can kind of walk in and look around and he stood there and he was like looking around, like what the hell? <laughs> like he, he was like, this is, this is insane. Like I've never seen this. And I was like, okay, I've impressed a wildlife biologist. who's also a believer. <laughs> And, and, and a field researcher that's been doing this for a long time, that's like, whoa, you've got some crazy things you're finding. So that really uh, helped me in, 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 you know, in encouraging. But also, too, I, again, I still have to remain a little skeptical. I still have to try and debunk myself. And that keeps me humble, you know, as well. But, but yeah, I mean, that was, those were people that I had brought that were legit um, uh, researchers and, and wildlife biologists. So really cool. Hey, Rod, with that, do you have <clears throat> do you have any upcoming sort of expeditions or adventures with any you know team scientists or any mm-hmm. any sort of new uh, things mm-hmm. that you're going to try to? I, I know you can't give away too many details on locations, sure. things like that. But any any sort of uh, mm-hmm. yeah ideas that you're stumbling upon or anything with the the next phase of your research here? Yeah, so um, so typically it's just me and my wife that go out in the field. Um, Any time that we get uh, that's free time when we're off from work, our our jobs that you know. Yay. We wish we could do this full time, but hey, that's what we got to do. But anyway, uh, we're typically out there in the field. Uh, you know, I've been taking uh, this p- past uh, week or two. I took uh, Mr. Aaron Dees, who is uh, the author of the Texas Dogman Triangle, uh, and he has a, a podcast called Hey Strangeness, and um, he he researches everything: UFOs, uh, cryptids, you know, all kinds of stuff. And um, he's he's got the equipment and so we, we we brought him out and he was taking some film and you know looking at measurements and stuff and uh, we were showing him some things and he was really interested i also believe in taking other people out that with me that may not be in the bigfoot area only because i need a three-dimensional perspective if i take another bigfoot person out with me they may just concur with what i'm what we're finding and and really nothing is is being challenged here I, I want to be challenged. That's that's the thing. I, I want because that gets me thinking. You know what I mean? Hey, and and if it's debunked, great. I, I, we can put that away and on to the next thing, right? So um, I'm also talking to another lady that ha, uh, that is a uh, folklorist, uh, and she mainly deals with uh, fairies, if you can believe that, which is really cool. So you know, all this folklore, it, you know, there's a shred of truth to it. You know, it it came from somewhere. So, you know, when you've got a lot of that information, you've got different people from different areas of paranormal, 
cryptids, things like that. Now we're talking about looking at it from a three-dimensional perspective. So we're working on trying to get people that just aren't Bigfoot people, that may be dogman people, that may be uh, UFO people, uh, paranormal people. I've got a really good friend of mine that lives next door to us uh, who I've known for years. Him and his wife are paranormal people. They've been doing it for years and years. And, you know, we wanted to, we're going to take them out and, you know, they're going to bring their equipment too. So, you know, uh, I really try to spin it in different ways and not just bringing another Bigfoot person with me. Not that I'm not open to that, but I really want, sure. a, like I said, a three-dimensional perspective. Gotcha. I have, I have a question with, uh, with, with some of, you know, fi- your findings and, and stuff like that and your uh, field uh, evidence and stuff like that. Have you had uh, ever encountered a, a, a a Bigfoot or, or Sasquatch mm. or anything like that? Have you seen or, or, or have felt like you've been looked, you know, they're looking at you or following yeah. you or something like that? Like talk about some of your experiences that maybe made the hair on the back of your neck stand up or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so in my early time of, of researching, I, I found myself in a very boggy area uh, where it was kind of swampy, which is kind of funny to say in San Antonio. Right. <laughs> it's so dry, right? I was out there in an area and uh, it had, you know, water. It was, it was just kind of swampy and stuff. And about, uh, I say, I, I, would, I was going to say maybe about a hundred yards away from me, there was a little thicket. It had some trees, looked like uh, maybe some cedar trees. And it had this tall grass and underbrush. It was really thick, kind of like, it made like a, almost like a little, uh, like almost like a little round area, you know, and, you know, maybe you could hide inside of it. I, I was just speculating that, but it was thick and, in in that area. And I was just kind of looking around, just kind of just taking uh, in the lay of the land here. And uh, I heard something move a little bit in that spot. And I just thought, well, you know, white tail or, you know, whatever, maybe, uh, maybe a worst case scenario, a cat, you know, so I just didn't pay no mind to it. And then it moved again. And then it, it, it made this noise that sounded almost like a gorilla, uh, which was very interesting to me. Uh, it made this like, Oh, it, uh, as I was getting closer and I thought, Oh crap. And uh, it dawned on me. Cause you know, one thing about myself is that I'm just kind of a, um, I'm kind of a fumbly bumbly guy in, in a way where I'm just like, ah, whatever. I'm just tooling around life and then bump into something like, Oh, you know, but me, I'm standing, I'm standing there and I'm, I'm getting like more like to 75 yards away from this thing. And then it, it, it moves again and it was substantial this time. And I thought, Oh shit. I, I need to move. I need to move back. I started moving back. And as I started moving back, then the reality hit me. I don't know what's back there. I don't know what it is, but it's large and it's pissed. And I need to move away from it before something bad happens. Mind you, I, I, don't, I didn't have a gun, a knife, nothing. I had my little walking stick and that mm-hmm. was it. And, and so if anything happened, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, it's over. So I backed away slowly, 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 moved away, never went back to that area again because it scared the hell out of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that that sounds like a scary encounter. I, I don't know what it was. I'm sure, okay? sure. I, I, but but it was it was it was big, and what I do remember was that it sounded almost like a little like a like a like an ape in a way. And I I don't know what that was. Maybe it was some really big fat homeless person that was I was waking him up and he was pissed off at me. I don't know. But um, you know, there was another time where I was in another area that was further north. Uh, uh, outside 1604 and uh, I was in another thick area and um, I was looking at a wood structure and I was I pulled out my camera and I'm videoing it and I, I do the narration for my you know, YouTube and things like that and like sure. you know this is what we're looking at blah 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 isn't that and, you know, just talking talking all of a sudden 
I hear a branch break, a, a, a big branch break, like it was loud. And I was like, stop dead in my tracks. And, and you can, you can, <laughs> you can watch the video and, and uh, I kind of lose it a little bit. I'm like, big, big, big branch break over there. Like I, I just lost all train of thought. <laughs> I was like, big, big branch over there, broke, broke, broke. And I was freaking out and everything. And uh, there at that point, I backed away. I couldn't see through that area. It was too thick. I couldn't see what was back there. Something broke a huge branch. And you you know what it sounds like when you break something like that. Sure. It's substantial. It's loud. And I, I was like, I need to move away. I'm getting out of here. Like, that was it. And so those are the only two, I guess you can say, maybe encounters. Or I, I have no idea what it was. But it was whatever it was, it was substantial. And it was it was loud. Gotcha. You, had, you had some casts to show us from some yeah, yeah. of your adventures, right? So uh, this is the first cast that I did. This was uh, a year ago here uh, around in July. Actually, this is the first one. Now, this was done um, very quickly. Uh, and, and you have to excuse my, uh, I don't really have, uh, my casting skills have, are, are being developed as we speak. So, but this was the first one uh, that I did. And it was very interesting because there was uh, a couple of these in line, linear. It was like, one or two, but they got a little more faint as they, as they moved up uh, in, in the area, as they, you know, uh, I guess the trackway. And then next to it was a, a smaller, some smaller impressions alongside of it. Like a so baby I was, foot? Yeah, I was assuming that maybe this was a female because it's not that big. Uh, I think we're probably talking about maybe what, maybe 12 inches uh, length. Uh, but at the toe box, more notably, you want to look at how wide this toe box is. Yeah, it's almost uh, as wide really, as it is long. Yeah. Really, really wide, really wide. Uh, and the, the little small impressions were too were too uh shallow to uh to cast, unfortunately. This was the mo the more prominent one that I did, but I don't know if you can see it looks like there's like the little pinky toe right there. If you can mm -hmm. see that, that's right, that's there. And then you've got you've got the heel. Uh you've got kind of a, a break right here, which Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who is the one of the only uh, scientists that we have on our side here has come to the conclusion that um, uh, these creatures have what's called a mid-tarsal break, which is what apes have in order to grab on branches with their feet, things like that. The, uh, the foot actually folds like a, like a hand type of thing. So uh, you've got some of that going on as well. But this is one. And then I've got another one that's a juvenile, I, or at least I suspect it's a juvenile print. And this was in a creek bed. Uh, that I had found. Uh, this was after a good rain. Uh, now this one is is not, it's a little different. You can see the shape. It's similar, almost kind of to the other one. Uh, but again, the hard part about casts, and people ask me about casts uh, a lot, and they go, well, well, you know, if these things exist, you know, they're out there, Rod, and they're, they're substantial weight. Well, have, how, well, haven't you done any casting? You should, you should be finding this stuff left and right. And my answer to that is, have you been to San Antonio, number one? Uh, number two, we have very hard ground and we have a yes. bedrock underneath called caliche uh, or limestone we've got underneath. So in the soil, it's not like we're going, we're not, we're in Washington state. Now in contrast to what I've showed you guys, this is from Paul Freeman right here. Uh, this was, I believe in uh, 1991 Mill Creek road. I, I think this is in Oregon. Now in that area uh, we've got, you've got softer soil. 
You've got mm-hmm. you've got softer soil. It's the, the, you know that the temperatures are different. The uh, everything's a lot of things are different over there, right? So you know the impressions you can you can pretty much find a little bit easier because of that soil. Right? So I always like to use this in contrast to what to what I've got because you can see it's different. It's totally different. You know we don't we have a more definitive you know toes. Yes, you can see a lot of different. You can see the more of the, that mid tarsal break right there. You know, it's, you, it's real defined. So you can see a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I tell people, you know, I find impressions, uh, but they're not deep enough to cast. They're like outlines of a foot. Uh, so I find them all the time, but I can't cast them. And then when I take pictures of them, sometimes it doesn't translate as well. I don't know what it is about cameras and, and taking pictures of these, of these uh, uh, outlines. You just, I just can't, you know, it doesn't translate well. So it's you like, you know, if you take a picture of the, like you see a, a beautiful moon or something like that at night, like you're going to take a picture of the moon and then you, you, yep. it's, it doesn't do it justice. You know, you don't exactly. see the, you don't see the details and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, just, ex- just a, an example exactly. of photography translating, you know, for yes. people that. Exactly. Exactly. So everyone's that's, yeah. trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and so what we've come down, so there's a couple of things that we would like to try. Uh, number one, I wanted to try and take some, uh, some sand out with me to one of my areas and spread it around an area where I think, you know, they might be building or moving around uh, because sand, you can, you can get a good impression really well. And if they step on it, Hey, we've got something. So those are tricks I was going to try and, and, and utilize. Uh, the other thing that we do is that after it rains, a good substantial rain, we had, we try to head out to our areas because then the ground is softer and the chances of finding an impression are, are a lot more, um, are better than, than if we were in the dead middle of the summer, like we are now. Right. You know? right. But also one thing I did want to, I, I did want to uh, tell you guys was that, you know, I've, I have found throughout the years of researching, uh, uh, during the summer, uh, some things kind of slow down a little bit, you know, there's not as much foot traffic as I see. Uh, why do you think that, why do you think that is? You know what I think? I think it's just like us. It's, it's, it's freaking hot, dude. And, yeah. and you talk, you talk about a seven, eight foot creature in, in excess of six, 700 pounds. Uh, you'd be pissed off too. You probably wouldn't be moving around a whole lot either. And so I, I think maybe that might be it. But I also know this. I really feel like a lot of this activity and hunting is done uh, uh, at night. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. Going through these creek greenways, you know, you're not really going to, you're not going to see anybody. Uh, number one, number two, uh, you know, you have full range of, of what you kind of, what you want to do up and down that Creek. Also, you can conceal yourself uh, pretty well. And then you, you can get after some whitetail at, at night as well when they're, when they're, uh, you know, bedding down. So that, that makes sense to me. Do you have any, any thoughts on where, where these creatures are, are sleeping at? Are there, there underground tunnel systems, cave systems that they yeah. may be linked to things like that? Yeah, good question. So uh, what I believe is this. So one of the areas that I've been researching that is a part of that Creek Greenway is an underground aquifer that we use to get our water. And we both know what that is. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, you look at San Antonio, San Antonio basically sits on an underground cavern. There's, there's like something like over 750, uh, maybe 800 cave systems in and around San Antonio. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but, but there are. Uh, so we know that we get our, our water from this aquifer. And so one thing I was I was looking at was that uh, we've got a creek greenway that goes up into that recharge zone, meaning there's that underground cavern. It's it and it's back in an area where it's thick, lush, it's open, it's big, lots and lots of acreage. So you can conceal yourself, you can get out there. So my theory is this: these things reside underground in an area that we may not know because 
here's the thing that that aquifer stretches out all the way to Austin. I think a little further past Austin, right? So we're talking a, a, a lot of, of underground cavern. And I'll say this, I don't think we really know what's down there. I think we know where we get our water. But other than that, what else is down there? We know. And you can't tell me that the city has taken every step to look at every nook and cranny of that because we can't. It's, it's almost impossible in, in a lot of ways because they're, they're so prevalent, these caves. So my theory was they reside underground and it is this, uh, in these underground caverns in this area where it's thick and lush and it's open. And then at night they come out, do their hunt, utilizing that creek green belt, come back uh, during the day where, and, and reside underground where it's nice and cool. So, and that made, that makes sense to me, you know, that yeah, makes, it makes sense. sense. And, yeah. It makes sense to me too. Um, I have a question about, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest having the, uh, you know, the, the monopoly on Bigfoot, the monopoly on Bigfoot and, and yeah. what, what are your thoughts on some of that? Cause I know there's more and more uh, people coming out like yourself that are saying that, you know, Hey, they're, 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 they're pretty much everywhere. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's look. Let's look at it from uh, and, and these are just numbers off the top of my head from 1960 to, to, to current. I think to current in the 2000s, new millennium here. We're talking about over 3,500 sightings and encounters. Okay, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. So uh, you know, to say that it's it's a hoax or it's people making it up. Uh, there's hoaxers. There's no lie. There, there's hoaxers out there. There's people that make stuff up. Uh, you know, all the time. And, and it really taints uh, what I do and other people do that are legitimately trying to pursue this creature. So, you know, we've got that going on. Now, uh, with with the uh, uh, Pacific Northwest, uh, kind of, I guess, monopolizing, uh, I guess, Bigfoot, it, it rightfully so. Uh, the, the areas that they have are ripe. They're perfect for a, a, a bipedal creature that's in excess of maybe 800 to 1,000 pounds. And these things that are up in, in the Northwest, uh, Pacific Northwest, are bigger. Some of them have been uh, notated as being as, as tall as uh, 12 feet, uh, a huge. So, And I can only attribute that to the environment that they are in. So if we're talking about you know uh, oxygen levels, there's probably a lot more oxygen in you know, uh, the food source. So these are things that we utilize in order for us to grow. Uh, as humans... You know, there's humans that are taller and bigger that live in different areas of the world where it's, you know, the oxygen is a little bit greater. Uh, the food source is a little bit better, uh, things like that. So I can only, you know, attribute that to uh, these creatures as well as, as far as them having a better food source and more oxygen, more, more to roam around, more to uh, multiply, if you will. So, you know, their areas make sense. You know, if we're talking about the Pinchot Gifford National Forest in Washington State, it's a huge place. It's huge. They've got a, it's a hotbed of activity. Uh, Willow Creek, uh, you know, that area, you've got, um, oh gosh, where's the creek that the Patterson Gimlin film was filmed in upper Northern California, the Sierra Nevadas. God, that's, uh, those are places that people don't go. You know, I think uh, one guy, uh, more notably, uh, by the name of Ron Moorhead, has captured the Sierra Sounds, if you've heard of them. And this was in the 70s where he went backpacking up in the wilderness in the Sierras, captured a bunch of really great audio uh, of these things, talking, vocalizing, uh, utilizing their, uh, their, their uh, I guess, their language, you know. So these are areas where people don't go, and the area is ripe. Uh, the oxygen levels are probably better than what we've got here. Uh, the elevation helps as well as far as it being, uh, um, you know, the, the vegetation, things like that. And then there's a lot more variety uh, uh, food source in those places 
than we we would have here in San Antonio, which the only thing that we have here are in big game wise are our uh, white-tailed deer, and then the occasional cat you'll hear about every once in uh, you know once in a while. But we don't have bears. We don't have uh, you know a lot of other things that that some of these areas in the Pacific Northwest have. So uh, Bluff Creek with Patterson. Bluff. Yeah, there we go. Bluff Creek. There we go. Yeah. And there was a recent. Uh, this isn't really a question, but this is something I thought was interesting. So you guys are in Texas. I'm in. I'm in Chicago actually. Oh uh, yeah. There was a recent article that was put out uh, talking about the states ranked by most Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. I was shocked that Illinois, we're in the top five here. We're actually number five. Yes. Uh, yes. We're, we're, we're ahead of Oregon, which is weird. I mean, Washington was number one, which, you know, with the yeah. Yeah, Northwest. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, yeah. I don't think they're coming in from Chicago. We have the Mothman sightings there. But uh, right. Uh, right. very interesting that I thought Illinois is like, hey, we're top fiver. But, I- Illinois, you know. Illinois is, uh, has, has their hotbeds as well. So I'll tell you this. Uh, I was uh, for work uh, with the company I work for. Uh, we're we're based out of Willowbrook, and okay. Uh, okay. so I spent a month in Willowbrook for training, and I was already researching at that point in time. And so for me, uh, I'm looking around in the area that we were at, uh, and some of the uh, some of the u- Ubers and lifts I was taking to and from work, we would pass through big, heavily wooded areas, and I'm sitting there just going, "Holy smokes!" And I I looked up some of the statistics of of Illinois having tons of sightings and encounters and i was i was floored I, and again this is at the early stages of me re- researching so i was like wow this is insane but you know what's interesting about that uh row is that um when i was uh taking a, a lift uh to 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 work early in the morning uh we were going through like a, a I forgot the name of the 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 park but anyway it was a thick wooded park and i'm looking through uh through the window and and i see a wood structure uh, from 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 my from my window from in the car, wow. yeah, and it was probably about I would say probably about twenty five yards from where we were at in the wood line. But I saw it was huge, and these 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 pieces were gigantic. It was almost like a teepee, and I thought we've got something. And I never did get to get out, but I, man, I really wanted to. It's probably the Plains, I would say, the Displains State Park or something like that. Or may, you know, I, yeah. I can't remember, but it was around that Willowbrook area. So yeah, no, you, you guys have got it. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask. Uh, do, you, do you have any questions before I go into the, the next thing I want to ask, Mike? No, you go for it, man. Okay. So you brought up national parks. I mean, you brought up a lot of stuff. I, I still want to touch on. We're, let's we're gonna touch on the fairy folk and the UFOs and all that stuff there because we we love fairy yeah. folk. Me and Mike. Yeah. National parks. You just mentioned uh, David Politis, Missing Four One One. That was a, a pretty big book. Uh, I don't know if he ever mentions Bigfoot throughout any of his stuff there, but it's, no. it's heavily implied. So. Uh, missing 411, if, if, uh, for whoever doesn't know. So basically, Dave Politis is a former, um, I believe he's an ex, ex-cop, was approached Detective. by some people. Yeah, approached by some people from the national, or uh, from the uh, from the Forest Preserve world who said, hey, you should look into this. There's a huge amount of missing people that go missing throughout all these national parks. It's not really talked about, mm-hmm. uh, but there's some weird stuff there. He started researching it, finding a lot of weird stuff as far as, People who were there, you know, with their family one moment, gone the next, mm-hmm. weird sightings. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Because some of that borders on, and this might connect to fairy folk or UFOs, because some of that mm-hmm. borders on maybe a, maybe a Bigfoot physical creature, but then there's things that are strange where it seems like there may be some metaphysical component to it, things mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. I just want to get some of your thoughts on, on that research or those ideas there. You know, so I can't definitively say that it's it's a Sasquatch that's doing this. It, it they allude to it, like you said. Now, here's what I do know: um, these these creatures are fast, and and from encounters, uh, from hundreds of encounters that I've heard, uh, they're fast. Uh, they're very stealthy. 
uh, some of some just some people that have had their encounters, they've said, I, I didn't even hear this thing walking up on me. It was just so quiet, you know, and it moved like lightning. It was quick it, and the fluidity and how it moved was just unlike anything I've ever seen. Totally unnatural as far as uh, humans are concerned. So, uh, you know, could could it be a Sasquatch or, you know, Sasquatch in general? You know, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, is it is it UFO related? Uh, yes, it could be. I don't know. Uh, so with the David Politis thing, it's very interesting because he he has found uh, um, all, all these cases where a lot of people go missing. But when you when you go into uh, how these are uh, the account of how these people went missing or what they believe or you know what what it was hey we were hiking and so and so was 10 feet uh, away from us on the trail then we look back and it's gone you know well there's a certain there's a few things that happen uh in 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 these missing cases that david pilatus noticed one of them was that the weather changed and it became uh, kind of the same thing uh, a consistency where uh, i think it started like getting kind of foggy and rainy that day and then it happened and then there's a couple other components I can't remember off the top of my head that happened that he has uh, seen a consistency in with these missing cases. So, you know, you've got that element as well. But uh, I think if you want to look at the cave systems in the United States and how they relate to some of these missing people, uh, if you look at the cave systems and the amount of missing people, it they almost line up with these underground cave systems of where these people have gone missing and where the cave systems are. So, you know, we, we, we've got something that's kind of working with, with uh, um, that component, you know. Yeah, you have some working cave. theories that the, the, the Bigfoot are, yeah. are, are in those cave systems. And do you, now do you, think, do you think that it's... Uh, that may be a food court then, just say, hey, it's a cave exit, there's people walking by, snatched. So I've, I've heard, yeah, I've heard two, rule, like two, two rules of thought on that, like, right, that the Bigfoot are peaceful and, then, and that the Bigfoot also see us as a, a natural enemy. So... Yeah, or, um, or 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 a meal, or a meal, right? So three, <laughs> so three. But uh, if I mean, I know you can't say definitively, and no one can really, you know, unless you know you have a, mm -hmm. a Sasquatch sitting next to you, you know, confirming. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that there is kind of a connection? If I had to nail you down on that, like with with the cave systems and the Bigfoot, do you think that that is a connection with some absolutely. of the missing? Absolutely, it makes sense. I think a lot. I think you're going to find that uh, a lot of these creatures, I feel. Are coming from underground you no know, and then you know if you want to get into the whole hollow earth theory as well like that we we love us we love us we love us we love going down a rabbit hole here so you know it, it makes it makes sense to me if we're trying to look at this uh in a logical sense and 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 these missing people lining up with the cave underground cave systems that makes sense it makes total sense but what is doing it we don't know obviously mm -hmm. and um yeah so i i think they i think they do go hand in hand with each other uh, but also too uh, you know what is it you know we've got uh we've got cryptids that are coming out left and right we've got we've got sasquatch which is the dominant uh we've got dogman people are seeing a lot of dogman now um and these things are, are dating back to uh almost the 1800s you know so uh we've got the ufo element we've got the paranormal element of it um i think people will try to put a religious or a spiritual spin on it which you know uh, i am in line with as well i think some of this is really spiritual um, as uh, as well, so you know, I, you know, it's hard to say, but I think what David Polias is doing uh, is is opening up a lot of eyes, and and really, and really, you're you're faced with uh, a truth that you know you've got people that are missing. 
Their loved ones have no idea what happened to them. They have no closure. And and by the way, when they do find some of the remains of these of these poor people, uh, you know, they're they're spread about. You know, we find pieces of skull here or a femur over here. It's not really ever a, a full on body. And and that's mm-hmm. that's that's a really scary thing to think about. You know, of, of the demise of these poor people. So, but I think what David Polis is doing is 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 a good thing, and I think um, I, I hope I hope he keeps on doing what he what he's doing because it's opening a lot of eyes. You know, I, I think it's good. So okay. I I, I want to uh, expound on this conversation just a little bit. I know you said that you uh, feel that the the underground cave system is where they dwell and stuff like that, and you know we we were talking about uh, UFOs and metaphysical, and um, you know there are some theories about. You know, Bigfoot being interdimensional beings in the ancient alien show uh, famously came yeah. out that episode and stuff like that. Uh, but with, I guess, I guess my question is, is with the UFOs, like I've heard of like a, a black triangle ship. Uh, I've heard yeah. of like owl sightings, owl communications, uh, where it seems like the person will say that the owl was like directly communicating with the human trying to like warn them or kind of say, Hey, this is what's going to happen. Um, and then there's shortly after a Bigfoot sighting him. Do you know uh, anything about those? Or have you heard those as well? Or I've, are- I, I've heard um, of, of animals, I guess with the, with the mannerisms uh, that they have uh, maybe tipping off hunters that okay. are in the area going, Hey, I've this, this deer was, was doing this. I've never seen them do this. They looked, re- this is really odd. I've never, and then, then after that, they have the encounter, you know, where the animal kind of tips them okay. off. I, I don't think I've heard so much of, of, of the owls uh, or anything like that. I mean, I'm not saying that that isn't possible, but uh, I, I have not heard that at all. But I do know that uh, from uh, certain encounters with, and specifically with hunters, they'll say, hey, look, um, I've never seen the deer act like this. It was, this is really odd. And then, you know, then moments later, you know, they have their encounter, you know, or their sighting. So, you know, I, I think it's possible that, you know, animals can tip, tip you off or, or warn you. But, you know, one thing I do know is that when these creatures are around, everything goes silent. Everything. Yeah, I was going to make, make that comment as well. That's something I've heard that it just, yeah. yeah and, every, and, and if I can, if I could say this, uh, we've started deploying and I've done this before. We started deploying uh, voice recorders, uh, in areas where we feel they're active and then retrieving them 24 hours later and then sifting through the audio. Now, you know, you've got to sift through hours and hours yeah. of stuff, yeah. but, but we have found that um, there, are some, there are some things that have been, uh, we feel are a little unnatural uh, that happened uh, during that area, during that time. And, and we're talking about uh, from 10 o'clock at night uh, all the way to about three or four o'clock in the morning. Uh, those are kind of, that seems to be the prime uh, a block of time where some of this stuff happens. So w- what I'm speaking about is uh, maybe a, a wind that came out of nowhere uh, that was very violent, or are we've had where it it started raining, raining in this area, and the forecast you know says no rain. Of course, those guys can be wrong. We know that, but uh, this rain came and just boom, it hit. And then we go and retrieve uh, uh, that voice recorder, listen to it and go, oh my gosh, it's raining. But yet the voice recorder wasn't wet. Uh, nothing was wet around that area. What, what was it? That's kind of weird. You know? And then shortly after, uh, in, in this case, I'm speaking of, of, of what we listened to, where we had this wind and rain happen. And then all of a sudden we hear the bipedal footsteps coming. And then uh, more notably, we've had a couple of uh, 
uh, grunts, uh, like this thing almost knew, almost knew where my voice recorder was. Didn't mess with it, mind you, but maybe got next to it and uh, maybe looked at it. And I heard, you know, this, uh, uh, this whole, you know, and then I heard, so <laughs> it's kind of weird, uh, but that's what we, that's what we've been doing. Uh, somebody's asked me about utilizing game cams. I do have two game cams. Uh, one of them is this really small mini one that I might deploy. My only thing with game cams is that we can see IR. I can see that light. Uh, so if I can see it, then they can see it. And sometimes these things make noises when they take the picture. Uh, that may alert, you know, anything around the area. So, uh, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm kind of cautious about utilizing that. I'm going to try it because people are, are always asking me, game cam, game cam. All right, I'm going to try it, see what happens. But, you know, historically, from what I've seen with other researchers that are utilizing, utilizing game cams, it's, it's, you may not get anything. You may find it destroyed, missing, you know. So, I, you know, I don't know about that. But um, we've been deploying voice recorders to just kind of add on to what you were talking about. And Rod, I, I want to get into the dogman stuff, but uh, before just mm -hmm. as far as like the fairy folk and UFOs, I mean, it seemed like before there were there were three camps. There was the paranormal folks, there was a the UFO alien folks, mm -hmm. there was the, the cryptids and there wasn't really much overlap. And now we've mm -hmm. been seeing sort of like there were stories before where there would be a Bigfoot sighting and then maybe there was a UFO sighting or something with it. And, it was, and some of those would be dismissed because they would get weird. But it sounds like you're ahead of the curve already with that. Mm -hmm. You're you're very much like already partnering up with these other folks and, yeah. and all that. Um, you know, the the underground system, I mean, just with fairy folk, there's weird, you know, missing time and people going sure. underground. So I think there's very an interesting component there. So I... Mm -hmm. uh, so you had your own uh, UFO in, encounter, uh, maybe maybe more than one, but I, I guess what yeah. are some of your thoughts with that or just the UFO stuff that's been in the news? We've been talking about it a lot because yeah. uh, it's it's been so, you know, it's been front page news every day, but just some of your thoughts on all that, those yeah. things there. Yeah, yeah. so uh, just just to kind of give you, uh, I'm not, not like an overview. I'll tell you this, this is what I'll tell you. And I've said this before. If you're open to some of it, you have to be open to all of it. Okay. So yeah. what I mean by that is that I, I can't just sit there and go, Bigfoot is a physical creature. It's an undiscovered ape. And that's it. End of story. I, I don't know. I don't have one of these things in my garage to ask him. You know, right. I, I don't know. Right. So, um, you know, so you have to be open to all of it. So, you know, with, with, with the UFO thing and all that stuff, um, that was that what we captured. Uh, first of all, that was my wife and our youngest daughter. Uh, we were out in an area out up there by Bolverde, uh, in between okay. Bolverde and, and Blanco, Blanco, Texas. And it's smacked out in the middle of, of, of nowhere. And it, we, there's this restaurant that's that's there, and it's been there for several years. It's family-owned. It's got a lot of history. It's got some paranormal history, too, as well. It's kind of weird. But uh, so we were uh, finishing, uh, you know, dinner, and, and we're walking across a little, the little country road, you know, into the parking lot. And... Um, I'm talking to um, uh, a gentleman about a Airbnb that they have there and, you know, whatever. Uh, my wife and, and daughter are like, look, look up, up, look, look. Oh my, you know, they're look, look. And I'm like, yeah, hold on, hold on. They're like, no, 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 you need to look. So I look up and lo and behold, there is three lights that, that make a, a triangle, you know, one at the top and then two at the bottom. And this thing, it was massive. And, and, and again, uh, we, we just talked about this before. You know, the video doesn't know justice. It really doesn't. But from what I can tell you is that this thing was, was massive and it was just moving just at a nice fluid pace and just kind of coasting, no sound, no sound whatsoever, just moving. And the guy that I was with who happened to be one of the managers of that restaurant, he was like, he's like, man, he's like, Light, lights don't move like that, dude. They don't move in formation like that. I'm like, yeah, they don't. We were just watching this thing just 
I mean, freaking out, man. And, and um, we, we got in the car to try and kind of follow it. And uh, it just it just disappeared. It was really, really odd. Uh, so, yeah, that was one. And, you know, what's interesting about that, guys, is that that wasn't the first one. Within, I would say, six or seven months, we had uh, two more sightings that I documented on video. Oh, wow. Uh, and and I'll, I'll I'll send you those uh, to, so you can see. Uh, and then I had oh, Aaron, I had Aaron from Hey Strangeness and another UFO guy uh, uh, go and, and analyze it and look at it. And they were just kind of like, "This is weird, man!" Like, to have no answer for this. Um, one of them was a uh, 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 like almost like a triangle shape um, metallic uh, uh, piece that was just spinning. It would spin okay. in place, right, and then it would move. And they would move down, move up in different angles and different ways. And at first I thought, well, it's a balloon. It's, it's a Mylar balloon. That's got to be it. Well, I mean, I don't see balloons, you know, when you let them go, do this, and then move up and down and around, like with purpose. Mm. Balloons just kind of just soar up and that's it, right? And there was no string attached to it or anything like that, which, I mean, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, the way that this thing moved was very, uh, to me, intentional, kind of moving around and stuff like that. The other one that we saw was uh, over Ingram Park Mall uh, or close in that area. And it was like a cylinder almost uh, that just looked like it was just stuck in the air, like just frozen in the air. It was really, really weird. Uh, We saw it descend down. And then it just stopped and it just like, it was like frozen, stuck in the air. So all of these were within a six to seven month period or something? Yeah. Like that, yeah. 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 And wild. then, um, and then my wife has, 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 uh, documented some other, uh, UFOs as well. One of them was like a, a square, perfectly square cloud, uh, up in, up in the, up in the sky. Um, it looked like, it looked like a cloud, but it was symmetrically, like the angles were perfect just perfect like a square uh, so some people can say like portal i don't know whatever it is uh cloaking i'm not sure sure uh, but yeah yeah so, yeah, so you, you got the triangle craft you got a spear you got a cylinder you got a cloud that's that's uh yeah, yeah I, i've seen i've seen some i've had a ufo encounter that was way different than what i was expecting them to look like so sometimes it's like who, who knows if they're even the same thing maybe they're just you know yeah um so that's very interesting stuff the, the other stuff i want to hit on are the other type of monsters that are out there, right? We mentioned the dog man. Uh-huh. I definitely want to hear about that. You have a Boggy Creek shirt on, uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek, which is a classic movie. And uh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is this is uh, this is my uh, my shout out to uh, Lyle Blackburn. Uh, he gave me this. Uh, Lyle Blackburn. He's the one of the most noted cryptozoologists in the world. Uh, lives in lives in around Dallas area, and uh, we we became friends. So um, this is why I'm wearing it. But yeah. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about these creatures? For those, I think Bigfoot, whether you're a believer or not, everyone has an understanding of what this type of creature is. You know, how it's big, it has big feet. It's uh, almost gorilla-like-ish, but more, you know, human mixed with that uh, uh-huh. from uh, from our ideas. But I guess the way, uh, you know, Dogman, you know, this is a new creature that that's I, I would say pop up well maybe not so, so much recent maybe mm-hmm. not that much but it, you're hearing about it more in the mainstream you're, you're hearing encounters about it uh, and and then boggy creek you know just from the shirt description is, is quite different than what we know about bigfoot but I, but i mm-hmm. guess it just talk a little bit about about those the the triangle you know dogman and, and uh yeah you know, we should know about that yeah just in case uh here's the here's the book itself the texas dogman triangle and and this, aaron did a great job with this uh, so the dogman triangle uh or uh, well we'll just talk about dogman in general uh, yeah. 
and how it pertains to Texas. One of the the most, uh, uh, I guess, I wouldn't say popular. It's more like folklore. It co- goes back to the 1800s in Converse, uh, Texas, which is you know, uh, still in, I think, still in Barrett County, if I can. Yeah, it's I still think, in Barrett. Like, it's a stone's so, throw away from San yeah, some Yeah, so uh, 1800s, uh, the story goes that there was uh, a young man and his dad that moved to Converse, and uh, the, the dad told the, told the son, hey, uh, you know, here's a gun. Go out and shoot shoot a deer, and don't come back till you bring some food home. And uh, he went out and uh, didn't return. The dad got um, uh, concerned and grabbed a bunch of uh, friends and went out to go search for this young man. And uh, they found him, but they found him uh, being eaten alive by uh, this, this dog man creature that stood up on two legs. They opened fire on this creature um, and it ran off. And that was the, the story, uh, you know, as it pertains to our area. But, you know, dog man itself, there are modern sightings. There are new uh, there are sightings that are coming up and popping up all the time. And, you know, a lot of them are, uh, are in Texas, uh, which is interesting. Uh, ranches, rural areas, of course, uh, where they see this creature. Some of them uh, are bipedal. Uh, they'll see them stand up on, on two legs, excuse me, and run or walk away. Uh, vocalize. Sometimes they're on four legs, but they're giant. They're huge, like on four legs, and, they, and they're standing at about three, four feet tall. On, on on four legs, which to me is is pretty good size. So you know, the, there's modern sightings, and it dates back to. I mean, I, I was just listening to an encounter. Uh, it wasn't in Texas, but this is from the 1950s. You know, this person was recalling their their encounter, and so you know, these are things that are kind of popping up now. And my guess is that nobody is uh, has been willing to talk about it until right now. You know, because you know the the let's face it, our society and, uh, and what's going on. There's so much happening it's insane and things are coming out uh the government's disclosing things and all that stuff and whatever so you know i think people are, are feeling a little bit more comfortable about coming out with their encounters but you know with the dog man uh, you know it's it's hard to say because you know with with bigfoot uh you've got things that you can attribute to uh to that creature you know wood wood, wood structures you know obviously footprints things like that but you know one thing uh that i was able to capture on 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 camera was a very unusual print that was in line with what aaron was telling me was a dogman print that he had seen or an alleged dogman print from somebody that had encountered this creature and i snapped a picture and i'll tell you the story if you don't mind is that is that okay yeah, go think? for it yeah. So, uh, my wife and our youngest daughter were were at a wilderness park, just kind of you know, just wanted to hang out. This is really big, nice flat field. It's beautiful. Grass is awesome, and and it just it, you know you can get out there and just hang out and just enjoy the the, the the weather and stuff. And it was I think it was in the spring or or early spring, and um, we were out there, and and my youngest daughter says, "Look, there's footprints. You know, here look." And I was looking at him. And, and it's, and here's the thing, it's, it's hard for me to turn off the Bigfoot thing it, when I'm around that area, I'm right. always like looking around, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm trying to shut it off and she's like, look, look at these. Foot-. So we, we see these footprints and they're in a, a linear fashion and uh, we're talking maybe about uh, 13 inches, uh, not, not very big, but big enough. So you could see toes and things like that. So I said, well, okay, well, here we go. Let's follow them. So we followed them into an area. It was like a holler, went down. You, you followed them. You followed them in. We that, followed see, them that, in. That, that's something where I would just have to. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. we, we followed them in and uh, we followed them into this holler. And right when we got in this holler, 
it was like explosion of wood structures. These things were massive. Oh, wow. We're talking about trees that were pulled out by the root system that still had the root system attached to them that were that were put together. I mean, there was like every time we turned around, there must have been about five or six of these things all around. We were just freaking out going, what did we just find? So uh, it, it started getting into the evening hour. And, um, you know, uh, my daughter, my, my youngest was like, oh, we, we got to go. We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's I feel like something's watching me. I feel like something's watching. Me. She was just really just kind of just freaking out a little bit. Like, I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I'm like, OK, hold on, hold on. I looked down. Uh, and I just happened to look at the right time, I guess. I looked down and I see this really weird print. It's got some uh, digits that are and about three, about three digits that are kind of longer, kind of spread out a little bit. And it was bigger than my hand or, or at least like this, huge like this. And I looked down, I look at it. I'm like, oh my God, I just happened to just snap a couple of pics of it. And uh, I didn't have time to go look further. It was getting dark and, you know, she was just like, she was telling me something's watching. I feel like something's watching. I feel like some, just, everything was just really, really odd. And, 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 you know, everybody was a little scared. So we got out of there and uh, I showed the, 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 the print to uh, Aaron, who was the author of the Dogman Triangle. And he was like, this is in line with what I've seen. This is exactly in line with what I've seen. So, you know, do we have a Dogman running through here? You know, possibly. I mean, I think, again, we can probably apply the same, uh, the same thing as far as the uh, the big game and the, the the greenways and creeks and the water source. Yeah, I mean it, it could be possible. So you know, but that that print ended up in the book and then it ended up in the do- in the movie as well. So oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Hey Rod, I wanted to ask really quick because uh, the dogman—it's—it's it's a new phenomenon for me. I've been—I've been seeing more, more and more cases about it, but one I'm familiar with. I just want to ask if you've ever heard of it, the Beast of Jovodan. I think I'm pronouncing it right in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll tell you about this real quick. So yeah. It's also, um, there was this 2001 movie called the brotherhood of the wolf. I know we've seen it, Mike. Uh, yeah. uh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Mark, Mark, this Mark Dukakis is in it. So basically it was a, a big wolf that was spotted in the countryside of France that was supposedly responsible for over the death uh, uh, for killing over a hundred people so much so that the King of France basically had to send an army out to kill it. And so, I mean, there's, there's some basis for for this in, in the historical this, uh, historical uh, reality here. This was sure. in, during the 1760s, so very interesting. So so um, I think it was not by Peter, but who knows? You know, just it was killing a sure. lot of people. It was huge, so it's interesting that it's coming back. And the, the dog men, it seems very much almost like a almost like a, a werewolf creature, right? From what we yeah. know from the horror movies and things like that. Yeah, I mean that's what people are are saying. It's more. It looks more like a werewolf than anything else. Yeah. Or 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 more more notably, guys, they. Uh, people a lot you find a lot of people their encounters see it it looked like anubis the 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 egyptian the, the, god the Egypt, yeah okay. like the, the pointed ears the, the pointed ears and yeah. elongated yeah. snout yeah right. and and what are the points of the dogman triangle just in case some people are like maybe i should avoid national parks specifically this <laughs> triangle here so the triangle is a uh it's it's based off of encounters and sightings so we're talking about uh, san antonio I believe, and it goes from San Antonio to, oh God, and forgive me, I, I can't remember the next city uh, that goes across this way. And then up top, we've got Dallas, Fort Worth, the DFW area. So that triangle that's formed, not only do we have sightings in those three areas, or, or at least folklore that allude to that 
type of uh, creature. Uh, but within that triangle, uh, there's, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, there's encounters and sightings within that triangle as well. So yeah, we've got three points and then within that triangle, there's, there's sightings as well. So that's how it, I guess, becomes a triangle. So. Yeah, and that book that was that was published by uh, with with the small town monsters. Yes, that's their first their first book that they published on. They uh, started a publishing company, and this is their first offering um, in in that uh, area. So, yeah, Next, shout out to them. They've been doing a, doing a lot of good work oh. in this space here. Yeah, let me tell you, uh, uh, Seth Breedlove. Uh, I mean, br- brilliant. He's got he's got some good people. All those people are 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 really really good people, and um, they they do good work. So, yeah. Really, really cool. If you had one thing you wanted to tell someone that's just now getting into researching Bigfoot, like what what would you say to encourage them and, and where, where should they look besides Bear County Bigfoot? Because that's going to be a plethora of information for them. Sure. You know, do, do your research. Know, know some of your history um, and do your research on encounters and sightings because a lot of these encounters and sightings coincide with each other. The mannerisms, the vocalizations, the way these things operate. It, they all are pretty much the same, you know, uh, the way they look, uh, the way they uh, um, operate. You know, you know, some people will say that I saw this thing and it started swaying back and forth as it was looking at me. Well, that lines up with so many other encounters with people, too, as well. Uh, I would say, you know, look at your area. Look at uh, the creek greenways that you have. Is there a water source nearby? What kind of big game do you have? Let's... Let's you know try to find that recipe for uh, um, big game, which could pos- possibly give way to uh, either a, a sighting or you know finding your own trace evidence. But you know, I would say know your history, do your research on the history, do your research on 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 sightings and encounters. Pay attention to these people and what they're saying, and then look at the lay of the land of where you're at. And 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 so, so good my, advice. My yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But my approach is diff. I think is a little different from a lot of other people, because I believe that these things are prone to go into urban areas. They're opportunistic. They're not above dumpster diving, which I've heard them do. They're not just about. I don't think they're just about hunting. If they can find an easy meal out of a dumpster, they're going to get it. It's it. That's what you know. They're opportunistic. So you know, I I'm of the uh, of that area where I go. Hey, I think these things can come into urban areas. And they can do their hunting, they, you know, all of that stuff. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to go out into this huge national park and have this grand expedition and, you know, all that stuff. You can actually find some evidence. And if the, and if the area is right, it has to make sense, meaning we have to have passage in and out. We have to have all those key things, water source. We have to have the big game uh, uh, element of it, right? So, you know, if you have that um, somewhere in your area, you could have some uh, some evidence, and you could find some trace evidence, but you have to be open uh, to that. You have to do your research. Hey, hey Rod, you, you mm-hmm. said something earlier that that was a bit crazy to me. You said that you were going on these Bigfoot searches without any sort of protection on you. Uh, yeah. So, are you are you still going out there with without anything, or recommend people if they're going to be looking for monsters to go out there without any? Yeah. Something yeah, just in good, case. Good, good question. So, if we're talking about a hot spot that I'm going to, that I know is a definite hot spot. Now, not pertaining to to to, to the Bear County area. So, I, I feel like I, I don't think I'll have, I don't feel like I'll have an encounter or a sighting at the time that I'm out there uh, during the day. 
because uh, I've been out in some thick areas and, you know, you know, I've had a couple of those things that we just mentioned earlier happen. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'll ever really have a sighting or an encounter uh, that's like a clear cut. Like I saw this thing because uh, I do I do feel like these things operate at night. Uh, and again, I could be totally I could totally be totally off base here. But I um if I'm going to a hot spot where I know, like, let's say Sam Houston National Forest, where it is popping off over there. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to have something uh, with me that um, uh, will help protect us. But typically, uh, I, I don't, which is kind of funny for people to be like, why? What is going on? You know, uh, I, I just, uh, you know, uh, to me, I, I haven't really gotten into that. At least not yet anyway. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that. <laughs> Oh Hopefully yeah, knock on wood that you yeah, yeah they safe exactly. out there. And, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. All right, so I, I think we're coming up near the end of our, our hour here. It's been a blast uh, ch- yeah. chatting with you, Rod. But if you wanna, uh, definitely, I want I want you to plug plug it, everything you have coming up here, so where, where we can find you at. Yeah. And and any you know any last uh, remarks from you, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so you know I've got my Instagram, which is Bear County Bigfoot. Um, you can check that out as well. I'm on TikTok as well. Same thing, Bear County Bigfoot. Uh, Facebook group, uh, Bear County Bigfoot as well. And um, that's pretty much it. I think if you've had uh, an encounter in in our area or a sighting, um, and you want to talk about it, you know, it can be totally anonymous. Uh, please reach out to me. Uh, message me. I'm, I'm definitely open to listening and. and to uh, um, you know, helping helping whoever it is out uh, with that as well. But yeah, if you want to find me, I'm on the major platforms as well. And you know, hey, if you're somebody that's out there uh, really wanting to do this, you know, get out there, do your research, uh, do your due diligence, uh, be be well written. Yeah, you're not out there just looking for a, a, a dumb gorilla on two feet. You know, this thing is is very uh, intelligent. It's very intelligent. It operates different. So, you know, do your due diligence, know your history, uh, do your research and uh, look at the lay of your land and, and see if it makes sense. Well, that sounds great. And this has been another uh, episode of Theory of Conspiracy. You can find us uh, on Instagram. We will be putting a link of the Bear County Bigfoot Instagram page and uh, in the description of this episode. And from there, you can uh, find the link tree from that site. And uh, you can, like I said, find me over at Bad Yeti and Rolando. Where are we finding you? Yeah, uh, mainly Instagram. R-O-L-E underscore L-A-N-D-O. Rolando. So music and some theory of conspiracy. Conspiracy theories. There we go. Hey, and until next time, guys, um, just, you know, do your research. You know, Stay weird. Stay and, weird. And, and have, have, a healthy, have a healthy distrust. All right. Thank you. Thank you.